0: Welcome to the Culture Enough podcast. Many small and medium-sized organizations can't afford a full-time chief diversity officer, so they don't have someone to answer their diversity questions. At Culture Enough, we believe that every organization should have the access and the resources they need to reach their diversity goals. So we've decided to provide you practical solutions that give you the peace of mind you've been looking for. Thank you for listening, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is JL Chambers here with Coach Good Enough. Excited to be on another podcast. Having with us the an honor and the privilege of having my friend, if you don't know her. She's been working with Coach Enough for two years. Katie, Katie, say what's up to everybody.
1: Hey, what's up? I'm really excited
0: to be here. I'm talking about Katie, 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 give them a little taste. You've been uh, with Coach Enough for two years. How did you start out and now you're you're working with us? I mean, you're on some important and big projects so let them get a little taste of your background
1: yeah i started with culture enough i studied social work um i have my bachelor's in social work and i did a a field placement actually with uh, culture enough um because i was interested in systemic racism and its connection to um the prison system um especially with young boys um and so I reached out to jail through a mutual friend, and I got this internship, and it was a blast. And then a couple months later, I ended up coming on as a consultant, and I have loved it since then.
0: Yeah, Katie's been putting in his work. So, Katie, this podcast today is actually fun. I mean, we've been thinking about this for a while, and we really just want uh, to share with people from a consultant's perspective, and personal, because they intertwine, there's an intersectionality, it's not like there's like a separation about what we have learned in the last, I would say, since the pandemic, uh, since COVID, personally, what we've learned ourselves, and then also things that have tied into how that's impacted how we've done consulting uh, with other individuals, other partners across the U.S. So, okay, let's dive into it. We want to go first, what maybe have you learned? And I'm going to ask you some questions after you sort of share. What's one thing you've learned uh, through this time doing consulting and personal through this process?
1: Yeah, I think as I was reflecting on it, um, when you let me know about this before, I feel like I've just learned a lot about boundaries, um, in my own life and then how like working remotely for a lot of people, um, can like bring up challenges, um, that we didn't have before, but also create like space, um, to grow and maybe have like healthier relationships to work. Um,
0: Yeah. Boundaries. Let's get into that. Cause you dropped it. Like that was like a normal thing. Like, Oh yeah. Boundaries is no big deal. Why is that important? I mean, the work a that you, that we do. And also the things maybe you've heard from other individuals in these organizations when we've interviewed them, audit their organizations. why is boundaries essential when you think of healthiness, personal healthiness, uh, mental even addressing trauma that might have occurred in the organization around topics about race, diversity, things like that.
1: Yeah, this is definitely my social worker hat. Um, I think that <laughs> boundaries oh, are really she
0: putting on the social work hat.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, they're important because it's like what if you if you don't have any boundaries, you will get burned out, tapped out, and I think that just the intensity of the past couple months. With the pandemic, with the, um, the social movements that are happening, like, I just think it exposed everybody if you didn't have um, good boundaries and like kind of knowing your personal limits with stuff. Um, mm. I know for me, like I've had to turn off news apps for a couple weeks um, yeah. and just check in with it when I need to know what's happening, but not get that constant feed of this is how the world is falling apart.
0: Yeah. How's that been? I mean, coming, and I want to, I'm going to say it after you share, how's that been as a, like, a consultant? It's almost like when you walk into spaces, you can sort of, like, oh, there's a microaggression, there is institutional structures. How's that been for you to, like, almost take off that uh, hat or even take off uh, that jacket or whatever to sort of say, hey, I, I don't want to think about that right now. It's hard already doing this as a, as a job, and now you're walking into a grocery store or you're walking down your block and you start to sort of see things in a consultant diversity inclusion equity lens so much so how's that been for you navigating those spaces
1: um I think it's been difficult I think that I used to really enjoy reading books about different um, social issues like and I just had to take a break um, because seeing it all happening in the world and then Being in spaces with different partners, consulting with them, talking about um, microaggressions and oppression and stuff. Like when it came time for me to just relax, it wasn't enjoyable for me to read books about like um, the racial history in America or watch TV shows that talk about um, like the crack cocaine epidemic.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that interesting? I want to echo that some people, like I tell people, some people like, hey, when I'm off of work or I'm just hanging out, people want to, again, dive into these conversations. And I'm like, man, I just actually just want to talk about the weather or talk about, like, basketball at this moment, how the 76ers somehow didn't win one game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's always, like, this thing where it's funny to me because we call it – there's this racial taxation – Uh that one may feel and now i realize more and more that's how people probably feel in their work environments when they're thinking about it already about the injustices if they're maybe african-american black and then they go into a work environment and sometimes they're like hey i just want to just do my work uh, i'm passionate about this topic but i prefer not to talk about it right now and i think that's something that i've learned that people forget that we're still humans uh, we still <laughs> we still process ourselves we love these topics and we do this for a living However, there are just genuine times where we just want to laugh and talk uh, about normal topics that are not so deep and embedded into uh, about race or even injustice, uh, institutional structure. So I think that's something to just be aware of, that we're learning ourselves um, doing this work since we've been doing it for five years as an organization. But it's just important for people to know is that sometimes you can treat us like humans uh, and have normal conversations
1: yeah I was thinking about Zoom and how much everybody hates Zoom. Um, but I think that it it can be beneficial because you can like check out of a meeting and take a moment to like reground yourself if that's going on differently than you could if it was like an in- person meeting. So if you were like meeting with your um, supervisors and like co-workers and all of this stuff came up and you're a person of color and it's like really exhausting in that moment it's kind of hard to like excuse yourself and if you just check out like mentally that looks off people are like hey are you still there but I like Zoom because you can like turn off your camera and turn off your mic for a moment and maybe even turn off the sound and just like take a moment to recenter yourself um, and just like kind of do some self care stuff so that you're not like in that space as much and then come back. And it's, it's not yeah. as um, like disruptive, I guess.
0: Yeah. That's great. Cause in these meetings, Katie, it's funny because when you can't do that in a meeting, you can't go just leave uh, or go refocus because people don't get that. So when someone says a comment or a microaggression, which means a small sting at an individual's identity, you can't say, Hey, pause in this meeting right now. I'm gonna go leave and refocus myself. But there is some positives about Zoom is that it actually allows you to turn your camera off, and then also allows you, I would say, to think more about, okay, how do I prepare myself for these types of conversations into them? So I think it's just helpful that we're aware of that And when it comes to that. Something I want to talk about, Katie, uh, what I'm learning is relationships are essential for change, and here's what I mean about that. Uh, I'm learning the more and more. I'm in a lot of these conversations uh, with people that have different political views, different uh, cultural views, ethnic views than myself. And I'm finding that it has been a joy to have genuine, healthy, organic, not the fake, artificial, but the organic conversations with people that are different than myself when I have a relationship with them. Uh, And so I think that's just essential just because we sometimes want to have these tough conversations with people we don't know. And the first, our first response is to like fight or flight. And we see a lot of people fighting uh, for good causes. So I'm not taking away from them, not addressing, but I'm learning that it's hard to do this work if you don't have genuine relationships with people that are different than yourself. Uh, And so that's something that's helpful. Even as a consultant, uh, we spend a lot of time actually talking with potential partners it's not like when someone says hey we want to work with culture enough we say sweet sign up you're good we spend like actual like weeks and months talking knowing them because we want to have a relationship they're trusting us to walk alongside them we're trusting them to walk along like to partner with us so that is a capacity that I feel like most people forget and I've like had to remind myself of that especially in the last uh, since COVID and then the the police brutality, the shootings, and uh, the the protests and people sharing is that some of these organizations and people are trying to have these deep and uh, intimate conversations with people they don't know and people they don't have relationships with, which rarely turns out well.
1: Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, I, I dropped
0: I- a lot. I know that was a lot. <laughs> that could be its own podcast but
1: it really could I think it's so important to know to know yourself and like be in tune with what you're feeling um and like learn learn what emotions come up for you when you're starting to feel I call it I feel dehydrated sometimes like I'll just notice if I'm in a certain type of conversation like I feel zapped um and I know that after that, I need to like go to certain people or go to certain activities to kind of um, refuel. Like, you know, when you drink coffee, when you're dehydrated and you just feel like, and you know that. Uh, you I
0: don't coffee. drink coffee, but I've heard that before.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Caffeine, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been thinking, I've been thinking a lot about that. I've, I read this book during quarantine called Sustaining Spirit by mm-hmm. Naomi Um. And I just, it was really helpful for me with culture enough stuff, but just kind of in life in general. She talks a lot about knowing yourself um, Mm. and like learning learning what you need so that you can be more sustainable in this type of work.
0: Mm. Um, Well, let's sit into that because I think you're dropping these nuggets once again that I think most people don't want to do to do a self evaluation of oneself. I remember Socrates says this, a a beautiful statement I I use when I teach. uh, in undergrad, I say, he says the unexamined life is a life, a life not worth living. Uh, and so much of, I know that's like, that's fire. Uh, but what's interesting is what you just said, Katie, we we sometimes are not so close to ourselves to evaluate, but we find ourselves stepping into these conversations and, we, and draining, that are draining that take a lot of our spirit, a lot of our energy out of us. And then we, we're done with these conversations. Then we just go to another conversation or we go do work assuming or thinking like, hey, I wasn't affected by that. Uh, and that's just not true. And so let's let's, let's go through this process. So you just named some cool things. What do you do? I mean, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, you were on a call doing interviews uh, with an organization from the morning time for five hours straight, pretty much. You were doing interviews, hearing their stories, how they see, understand diversity, inclusion, equity, this audit process, how did you sort of walk through that, prepare yourself at the beginning, then also at the end, how did you sort of take the time to say, hmm, I need to, like, regroup myself because you gave a lot of yourself out listening and asking questions.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, I think I just want to start by saying before COVID, like, I was really bad at this. And because I think my life was going so quickly, I, like you were saying, I was doing a lot of stuff, and I wasn't paying attention to how it was affecting me. Um, and then COVID happened and we're in quarantine and I have like endless hours of quietness and being alone Um, and it just it it almost like silenced the the stage and I started hearing things in my life that I I was not aware of before because there was just so much noise Um, so I think that was really important yeah and it helped me to be a little bit better at preparing and taking care of myself through this stuff. Um, but yesterday with the interviews, I think beforehand to prepare, I just made sure I knew what I wanted to accomplish so that I wasn't like frazzled in the moment. Like I took maybe 15 or 20 minutes to get ready. And that was really helpful. Um, and through it, you know, like I made sure I was sitting comfortably and I had some water and like a little snack. Um,
0: The small things, but those are huge. People don't know that. That's huge, having snacks, being comfortable. Uh, When we do trainings, we actually provide snacks, uh, stress balls, uh, things people can ride on because we know that there are going to be different triggers. Uh, People are going to express their feelings different through that process. Uh, So what happened after, Katie? You're done with these five interviews. Uh, What do you do after to, to help yourself, like, process?
1: Um, I really I like walks. So almost as soon as I was done, I drove to Kelly Drive and I went for a very long walk. Um, And I like to listen to music. It kind of helps me uh, just like focus on something else and enjoy something else. Um, And also just like being still for a little bit and taking my headphones out and just sitting by the water. Um, Just reflecting was really helpful. And it was great because I had another zoom meeting that night so like i knew that it would be kind of like crunch time and then i had like two hours to decompress and then another zoom meeting that was going to be kind of draining um so i even before it all started i knew that i needed to be intentional with that in between time because if i wasn't i wasn't gonna um be prepared for that last meeting and it was going to be a lot tougher emotionally
0: that's good that's some that's some nuggets right there uh that's some nuggets. I like that. And most individuals we, we talk about, especially if you're a minority that's navigating these conversations, to do a lot of self-care, uh, a lot of self-care. I know I prepare myself like I send a group message out to the coaching of team uh, and we have some conversations. So I'm like, OK, if it's going to be a long day, uh, I'm going to have to talk about implicit bias training or I'm going to do an audit looking at documents for 10 hours just for the day. I need the encouragement. I need to be in a place where my mind's the right way. And also I think that helps out with dismantling one's own bias uh, is there's studies out there saying people who uh, don't have rhythms uh, are stressed out uh, don't eat healthy don't rest have high bias because they're going making quick decisions which is how bias occurs especially implicit bias um, and so i just want to echo that. Is that i hear the things you're doing and that's been something of a rhythm we try to prepare people for is to say if you're coming to these conversations if you're doing this as an organization how can you sort of create environments that are psychologically safe and that dismantles uh this sort of pressure to have to be perfect and can't make mistakes um, and so one of the things i feel like i've i've learned and myself um, in this process is that it's evident that minorities want to have this conversation well i'll put it like this minorities are excited that issues are now being addressed now my disclaimer is that doesn't mean every minority wants to have the conversation uh, with people in their organization or even out loud not that they don't care about it uh, and I think there's like this, this myth out there is, oh, since you're not speaking up, that means you don't care. And, and that's not true uh, at all. I I was interviewing a, a young African American lady yesterday. And she said, hey, I'm passionate about this. I just don't want to talk to people in my organization about it. <laughs> but I'm super passionate about it. And I don't want to be tokenized. Uh, to have to speak up all the time about this topic. And so I think that's just a good thing to know. And I'm finding myself being aware of that too, is when people are like, hey, JL, what do you have to say? And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, but why not? You're the expert. And I'm like, hey, I'm not the expert. Like, I'm passionate about this. Yes, but I don't really feel like I have to speak up every time and be like, well, here it is. I'm the equity police. Let me speak about equity or injustice or race but there are times where I just want to step back and be like, no, someone else can talk about it. So that's something I'm learning more and more. And I think it's been helpful is that I'm seeing, especially uh, to your question, Katie, back to what you said, I'm seeing, especially African-American black individuals say, no, I'm not going to speak up right now. I'm, I'm, I think this is important, but I'm not going to be the one that addresses this topic.
1: Yeah. I think that that, uh, silence is really powerful. Like I think, in some ways, if people think about it hard enough, they'll realize that people of color being so exhausted by this conversation is just another point to prove that it's a real issue and it's not like a political agenda because if it was just something that people like just want to talk about because they want um, yeah, their point to be proven like you you wouldn't be as exhausted by it because you're just trying to be right, but because it's something that actually affects people and actually impacts people's lives like that silence is um yeah just proof of that I think
0: yep yeah yeah that's true what's the last thing Katie you got one more thing you want to you want to flip and then maybe I'll share my last thing before we let people go since it's just a little fun episode is there anything else you're like hey the last thing I've learned about myself or even that you've learned as a consultant in this last sort of uh nine or so months uh in the pandemic
1: yeah, I think um, just a big theme has been, like, things will be, like, it, it's not all dependent on me. Um, so I have a part to play, but especially working from home and, like, technically being accessible 24-7, like, I really had to put the brakes on that and just, mm. just remember, like, if I don't answer this email tonight, it will be fine. Yeah. And, I don't have to work for eight hours straight. Like that's how we're used to working, but that I really don't think is how we're designed to function. Um, and I think I've been more productive working in like shorter, shorter stints and not working eight hours every day.
0: Yeah. That's good. How does that come? Because I mean, especially the work that we do, uh, it seems like when companies reach out to us, they're like, we have to do this now or, our company's going to die or like we won't survive. And it's sort of like, hey, pause, press your brakes. Let's not be reactive. Let's be proactive. And I think maybe some of that comes out of just this reactive culture of I have to be perfect. And we tell people, hey, if you feel like you have to be perfect, then you're never going to actually take risks, try new things and make mistakes. Because when you're being perfect actually creates uh, the lack of psychological safety which we talk about a lot. If you don't know about psychological safety, go listen to our last podcast about psychological safety. So talk a little bit about that because I think that's a shifting difference in people's minds to say, Hey, I can slow down and not have to address everything. Like I'll give you an example, diversity inclusion equity is not going to get fixed in your company or even maybe in your, in your, on your team in a week or even a year. Uh, you know what I mean? But we assume we just want to do it so much now. So we have these big ideas. And in a way, sometimes I think that sets people up for failure because they look and say, we didn't do everything. And they feel like they didn't accomplish a lot. And that's just not true.
1: Yeah. If you feel like pressure to get it all done really quickly, I would just challenge you to think about whether or not it's performative at that point. Um, yeah. It just takes a long time. So if you have the expectation that it's going to be kind of rapid fire, um, then I think it's worth it to think about what depth of change are you shooting for,
0: yeah, hey Katie. that's good. I think that's one of, that's a that's like a oh man, I could be on like a card. You buy at the store for like a dollar ninety nine a Hallmark card or something like that of Lily because that's what we we experience. I feel like in this season, we don't have spaces where we're learning healthy. We don't have spaces where we're evaluating and examining ourselves. And there's this pressure from the world. And I think I would say I think there's good pressure sometimes, but also bad. Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes and we've seen it. We've had to have these tough conversations. Sometimes we expect people from the outside say, now this organization has to do A, B. They have to do A through Z. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's good. But that's not realistic that they have to do all those things in five months to three years. Because if you think about how long it's take." is taken to put structures in place to I- impact or even affirm isms, racism, sexism, implicit bias, microaggressions. It took over four hundred years, so that means that the quickness of us being intentional to say it's going to change in three years is not realistic, but there is some things where I'm like hey, I'm glad that there's some outside pressure, but also let's be realistic to know what can we accomplish in this sort of Month in this year, in this three years, and take it like one step at a time. Let's not try to do everything, and that's hard for us to do as humans. uh, But it goes back to this: if you're intentional about diversity, inclusion, equity, if you're about we say if you're about this life, then you're willing to to do this for the long haul, and not just because it's a a trend or it's a meme or it's like a hey now to my Instagram blackout like all those things that are good at the time, but are they going to sustain? The organization, even you, through uh, the tough times and and through the years that will come, where there'll be other injustices that occur. So I do think, like you said, Katie, that's important to for people to be aware of.
1: Yeah, that's really good. What have you What have you learned during this time?
0: Well, I shared a few. Uh, I would say one of the things I really have learned uh, is is this belief. And this desire that we have made, oh, I shared this before, uh, and I think it's important to know, I'm learning, media, especially social media, has not done a good job in displaying that all people that are white somehow, like, are just extreme racists, or like, that they're just, like, evil. Uh, and so every time you go into me, I feel like you, you see these stories, and I'm like, do I just live in a world? where that's true because I feel like when I'm walking in public and I'm talking to people, I'm like, they're genuine people who, who care. Uh, now they might not know what to do with it. And so I feel like that's something that I've learned in this time is that sometimes like I have to step away from social media and I have to know that like, they're genuine good people. Like we work with a lot of genuine good companies and we've gotten calls by like over 50 to hundred companies of emails, calls, interactions the last five months that genuinely care, that genuinely are like, hey, now I want to address it better. And so I just feel like no one talks about that. We always talk about the, the most horrible stories of like companies don't care about diversity and inclusion. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's just our experience. And uh, not saying that since George Floyd that has not awoken companies to speak up, but I do have found genuine leaders say, now it's time and I'm willing to make some changes and I wanna to work towards this. So that's something I'm learning more and more is if you're not in a relationship with people and you're not hearing these stories, it's easy to assume that people just don't care about this topic. Businesses feel like, or companies feel like, Hey, this isn't important. And I just found that not being that true uh, with the work that we do uh, in a lot of ways. So that's one thing. And then the last thing I'll say is what I've learned uh, is, is sustainability and health. I mean, a month ago we gave all the staff time off and it's funny cause I didn't take time off, uh, but y'all have to call me out on that. So that's something that like, my team has been saying, "You're laughing now, because I, I know you're like, ha ha But I'm learning to do this type of work. You do have to be healthy. Uh, you have to be emotionally healthy, culturally healthy, spiritually healthy in some ways. That if you have relationship with God or you find other ways to allow you to to get focused. And so, I just have found myself reminding just through this great team that this. For my health and for my survival, I need to have people around me that care for me uh, and that want to see this go well, not to just uh, go well, but I'm burned out. So I feel like that's something I've learned is that to do this work, you have to have good people around you uh, that are going to speak into your life, but also that are going to challenge you to take rest and to also care for yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I thought of something briefly while you were talking um, about the media, like kind of only showing the worst of white people. Um, I was reading, I think it was in Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan, but she was talking about how like part of white supremacy, it it erases white people that step outside the norm to actually advocate for other people. Like that's part of the the way it works. Um, so that's a whole nother podcast, but I think it's unfortunate that <laughs> that, that happens it's discouraging for white people who are trying to make a difference.
0: Yeah, so. that's real. That's true. That's true. Well, that's it. You know what I mean, K? Okay, we gave some of the things we we learned personally and working with our partners. Uh, and, yeah, now we get to sort of – this has been fun. This has been exciting. Once again, like, the goal at the end of the day why we do these type of things, especially this podcast, was to remind people that we're still human. Uh, we're working through a lot of these things. And – how consulting, addressing some of these topics personally affect us. And we've seen how it affected uh, our partners and potential partners. So we hope everyone has a good day. Uh, Kay, you need to say anything before we let people go and enjoy the rest of the day?
1: Nah, they're good.
0: They're good. All right, peace out. And once again, thanks for listening to Culture Enough Podcast and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye. This is a reminder that the information is for general purposes. If you would like a custom assessment for your organization, go to cultureenough.com. Thank you for listening to the Coach Enough podcast. Just remember, just knowing isn't enough.